When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Real or not real? No, it's not the game show. It's just me perusing Reddit over the weekend. And I see a story that talks about my my M-I-L, my mother-in-law, moved in with us a month ago. I began to notice my stuff in the bedroom being touched, furniture rearranged, stuff moved, etc., I felt like I was going crazy because my husband is the only one who has access to the bedroom and he doesn't usually touch nor come near my things. I figured it must be his mom walking in and snooping on my personal things. I told my husband and he said his mom would never. I had a huge hunch but couldn't install a cam in the bedroom to catch her in the act. I don't know why that is. So I got me one of those fake pregnancy tests, threw it in the bedroom's trash can. Note the trash can was placed in the corner near the closet. Literally, the next day, I got to work. I got tons of calls and texts from my in-laws congratulating me on my pregnancy. My husband came over to my workplace and was all worked up about asking since I was pregnant and why I didn't tell him I asked how he found out. And he said his mom found the positive test in the trash can in the bedroom. I asked if his answer just confirmed that she's been snooping in the bedroom all along. He had a realization moment, but demanded we stick to the bigger issue. I said there was no bigger issue because the positive test was fake and this whole thing was done to expose my MIL's snooping. He was not convinced. He had me take an actual test in front of him and he was livid asking how I could lie about such a thing and break his mom's heart since I know very well that she longs for kids. I got a lot of crap because of this from him. His mom and family now calling me a liar and a manipulator. Okay, so uh, real or not real? (laughs) The thread to this story is amazing. Uh, Most everyone talks about throwing uh, the mother-in-law out, throwing him out, and having it done with. And I tend to agree with that. I mean, it's really difficult uh, having in-laws live with you and setting boundaries. Those boundaries need to be set right off the bat. Uh, It's very difficult. However, uh, this story is so good that I don't believe it. (laughs) I just find it very difficult to believe. But if it is real, M-I-L and hubby need the boot A-S-A-P. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. And I see where uh, Bette Midler has gone off the deep end again. Yes, Bette Midler, you know, the singer from Hawaii. She's always been, uh, you know, a little off her rocker, no question about it. And she always is uh, in these Twitter battles. But I see she replied to a tweet a few days ago and the tweet was bet is so worried about this that she abandoned her house car stopped flying and gave up on all modern conveniences and now lives in a solar powered hut in the forest referring to you know climate change now she couldn't just let that go see that's one of my big things about twitter and the internet is that sometimes you just 
let it go. But no, Beck cannot let it go. She's off her meds. <laughs> she cannot. So she replies, she quote tweets this tweet from Bookshelf Q Battler. And she says, if you knew what I have done to mitigate the criminal environmental craziness in this country, you would kiss my ass. I have done my part and I have done your part. I have done geothermal solar, hybrid, electric cars, composting, recycling. I bathe once a month. F you. Now she goes on. Then she has to do another tweet in this thread. In addition, I have saved parks, built parks, cleaned parks, sent kids to school, taught them how to play music, honored nature by giving people actual land to grow their own food and find peace and serenity in nature. What have you done besides slag me? (laughs) Well, first of all, bet. Uh, Thank you for taking care of the parks and cleaning the parks and taking care of the kids and having them learn music. Appreciate it very much. It's very, very kind of you. Second, I know that you have the money to do the geothermal, solar, hybrid, electric cars. I know it doesn't take a lot of money to compost, but done right, you've got to work at it. And when you don't have an everyday job, You know, it's easier to do. But the big news out of both these tweets is I bathe once a month? Bet. I mean, at least you could do is save some rainwater and hose off from the rainwater once in a while. Once a month? Holy cow. Bet. Woof. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to stay downwind. No, I mean upwind. Yeah, you got to stay upwind. You don't want to be downwind. If you're downwind, woof. Here comes bed again. Maybe, maybe you just hold your hold your nose. Uh, hey, Bet, how you doing? Good to see you again. And she'll finally, you know, get the hint. Maybe. Uh, last week we talked about uh, the Tampa City Police Chief Mary O'Connor, who was recorded on body cam footage attempting. You know, she got pulled over with her and her husband in a golf cart coming out of East Lake Woodlands uh, for the first time ever. For the, she's never done anything like this before in the past. And uh, I guess this happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and they never released the footage. Well, they finally released the footage. And she, and we played it for you last week. And she, well, you know, here's the footage or the audio from the recording. The deputy police, the, the Pinellas County deputy police officer, uh, Jacoby, had pulled them over. They pulled over and he walks up and you just heard him say, good evening. And he's up to the golf cart now. And, uh, it resumes. Hey, don't. Hey, don't. Sheriff's office, stop you because you're driving tag or, uh, unregistered vehicle with no tag on it. Yeah. Okay. So they're in the golf cart and they have some bags of food from a restaurant from takeout. Okay. Hubby is driving. Police chief Mary is on the rider side of the golf cart. Yeah, we were we went to the club. It was closed, so yeah. we went over and picked up some. Is your camera on? It is. I'm the police chief in Tampa. Okay, so this is where they claim that she tries to use her power as police chief, and why wouldn't you? She's not saying, "Hey, let me off of this," but she does ask, "Hey, I was hoping you'd just let me go." Oh, how you doing? I'm doing good. Okay. 
She shows him. She shows him her badge. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll say. Not to say I. You look familiar. So. Yeah, I'm sure I do. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure I do. Yeah, I'm sure I do because I've been in trouble before. <laughs> now he doesn't recognize her right off the bat because he's in Pinellas County, and we talked about this last week. I find it really strange that the Tampa police chief is living in Pinellas County, not Hillsborough County, the county of Tampa, let alone uh, not in the city of Tampa. Just really strange. I mean, East Lake Woodlands is a nice place to live in Pinellas County, but you're the police chief of Tampa. I don't know. Maybe you moved to South Tampa. There's probably, there's some nice houses in South Tampa you could live in equally as good as East Lake Woodlands. But no, I digress. All right, folks. Well, uh, All right. good night. Have a good so, night. So, you know, we're here in East Lake Woodlands? Yeah, we live in East Lake Woodlands. Oh, yes. uh, okay. All right. Yeah. It was nice to meet you. All right. <laughs> so, I'm definitely She shakes his hand. Okay. Same here, my friend. All right. Take so, care of yourself. All right. Sorry okay. to bother you. All right. No worries. No worries. Oh, like sorry to bother you. We have a lot of problems with the, uh, the golf carting around here. You know, yeah, there's a lot of problems because that whole neighborhood takes golf carts out on the road to go do their little restauranting or maybe go to the store real quick and they don't have a license, which they're supposed to have. So this is a good, you know, income generator for Pinellas County, which is why the deputy, you know, is pulling people over. <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure that they're doing that out of complete safety for other people, not to generate income for Pinellas County or anything. No, we don't normally come out. We never Yeah, we never do. Never, so never, never do we. Yeah. Okay. All right. So he wants nothing to do with it. Right. I'm out of here. Take care. And uh, it was nice meeting you. All right. <laughs> oh, all right. You ever need anything, call me. Yeah, okay. and she gives her Seriously. she gives right. him his business card. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, ma'am, you're welcome. Thank so. you for your service. Thank you oh, yeah, so yeah. much. Thanks all. Take care. All right, all right, right. Thank you. Have a good night, folks. All right, I'm out of here. Take care. Okay, so now she has been put on administrative leave because of this. Wow. Okay, so I get hating police officers. And we want, but then we don't want to hate police officers, but we do want to hate police officers and we don't want them to use their power, but we do want them to use their power. Okay. So I really am kind of okay with this for some strange reason. I, I, I find it weirder that she lives in Pinellas County other than Hillsborough County and or Tampa. I think that's the worst infraction of this whole thing. To be honest, I feel like if you're the police chief of a city, you should live in the city that you're the police chief of. But that's just me. So now she's on administrative leave. And she's saying that she asked the deputy to look the other way. As everyone does. You get pulled over, you know, you maybe let me slide on this. It's up to the police officer. No. She asked, is your camera on? Absolutely good. I'm the police chief from Tampa. Hello. And now they say that she didn't have her license on her. She had her badge. She's the police chief. Pretty sure that's ID. Okay. Uh, if it's, if she's not the police chief and she's got the police chief's badge, that's another issue. So she's on, I know she's had other problems in the past. Her and her husband, who was not her husband at the time, got into a DUI fight with some police officers years ago. And she was even said that uh, she believes in second chances. Yeah. Well, when you get a second chance, it's very easy to believe in second chances when we use poor judgment in the past. So we'll see what happens to uh, Police Chief O'Connor. She's claimed that, uh, in hindsight, the interaction could be viewed as inappropriate. 
That's certainly not my intent. I didn't feel like it was her intent there either. And if the police officer wanted to write her a ticket, right, he would have written her a ticket. I mean, there's plenty of time for that police officer to say, you know what, I don't care who you are, I'm writing you a ticket. You Hubby's driving. The ticket's not for you. You were in the golf cart. But the hubby's driving, so we're going to give him the ticket. And that's what happened in the DUI case. Hubby was DUI. Then she got in trouble because she was fighting and arguing with police after the DUI. I'm sure she was probably under the influence at the time as well, but I don't know that. So anyway, if she's convicted of driving without a license, which she wasn't driving, by the way, uh, hubby was, it's a misdemeanor punishable by up to 60 days in jail and a $500 fine. Well, it's not her, it's husband. She's not doing that. Uh, the police can sanction her all they want. She wasn't driving. She was, uh, she was a passenger. I mean, I, I'm kind of on Mary's side here. We need to just let this guy to go, okay? It's up to the officer whether he wants to write the ticket or not. And he felt at that time it was not the best, the appropriate uh, the appropriate thing to do. Why are we making such a big deal about this? I, I Because we don't, there's plenty of people on the Tampa or Hillsborough, the Tampa Council, City Council, that don't like her. And they're pissed that she... Uh, she started uh, some program that I guess they claim disproportionately stopped black bikers and for installing a mute function on police body cams. So we want her gone. And any way we can do it, she's gone. But I will say, I'm not an attorney, but she wasn't driving. And she was just trying to get her and her hubby back home to eat some dinner. So good luck, Mary. I'm probably guessing in today's world you're going to be out of a gig. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. (sighs) So sad news. Um, Trevor Noah uh, said last week that after presiding over his show for a turbulent seven years, Um, writing jokes about the presidency of Donald J. Trump, the pandemic, and other major news events, he now realizes that there was another part of his life that he wanted to carry on exploring. I miss touring, uh, going to other countries, learning other languages, and being everywhere, doing everything. So the Daily Show with me is going to end, okay? It's over. I don't want to do it anymore. Now, we don't have a timetable for his departure. <laughs> we just, uh, we're just going to say it. Oh, okay. You want to leave? All right. No problem, Trevor. When do you want to leave? Well, I don't know. That's going to be tough. It's been seven years and, you know, I like the money. <laughs> so we're, they're working together on the next steps. Um, if you've had enough, Trev, why not just leave? I don't, uh, it's really mind boggling to me, but Anyway, at some point in the near future, Trevor Noah uh, from The Daily Show will no longer be hosting The Daily Show. So Christmas Wholesale Candy Store.com uh, just did a recent survey to find out the worst Christmas candies. And they ranked the top 10 of the worst Christmas candies. So coming in at number 10, Chocolate Orange. Yeah, I I get that. No problem. Number nine, peppermint bark. Yeah, those candies are all around over Christmas and the holidays, and you just kind of, ugh. They're there. Ribbon candy, yeah. 
Peeps. Oh, I like Christmas Peeps. Don't put this on the list. What are you talking about? Peeps are happening. Uh, six old-fashioned hard candy mix. Yeah. Non-peppermint candy canes. Everybody talks about how nasty the candy canes are, but everybody has them all the time, hanging everywhere, whether they're peppermint or not. Lifesaver Storybook. Oh, I like those. Those are nice. Uh, those aren't bad. I go with those. Cherry Cordials. Eh. Reindeer Corn. Wait. I, I think I like reindeer corn. Christmas Nougat Candy. Christmas Nougat Candy is number one as the worst Christmas candies on the list. Yeah, that's a pretty good list, except for the you know the peeps and the reindeer corn. What are we talking about? Oh, there's three of them. And the Lifesaver Storybooks. So get those three out of there, and then I'll agree with the list. And whenever you go places and they have the little peppermint bark or the ribbon candies, and you uh, would you like some Christmas candy? Uh, okay, and you take one, and they just, I mean, you have to, right? It's a law. You have to take one. If they have a bowl of the old-fashioned hard candy mix. <laughs> now, the Christmas nougat candy, oh, man, uh, that's tough to take. Those are tough to take. That is, that's number one worst candy for the worst candy uh, Christmas candies. Yeah, that's tough to take, man. Oof. But the rest of them, the pep- non-peppermint candy canes, the cherry cordials, old-fashioned hard candy mix, ribbon candy, peppermint bark, chocolate orange. You can kind of get through those without having an issue. Peeps and the Life Story Storybooks and the Reindeer Corn. I'm a little ticked there on the list, to be honest. I know it's kind of ticking me off there, candystore.com. So I'm going to move on because now I'm starting to get angry and I'm starting to want some reindeer corn. All right, so now let's talk about when animals attack. When animals attack. So a raccoon uh, seemingly came out of nowhere uh, next to this Connecticut home. The girl was leaving uh, out the front door, I guess, to catch a school bus or off to school or mom taking her to school. And she was attacked. (laughs) It's not funny. I'm not laughing, okay? She was attacked by this raccoon who was, I don't think it bit her i guess she got bit on the leg but it was more ripping at her pant legs but the girl is just screaming her uh, head off and then the mom comes out and grabs the raccoon off the girl finally fights the raccoon off the girl gets the girl back in the house and she's holding the raccoon i don't think she got bit by the raccoon she's holding the raccoon by the back of the neck i would have strangled that thing dead uh but if there was ever another reason to uh carry a handgun this is it uh, so she's got the raccoon and then she gets the girl inside and then she tosses the raccoon into the yard and off it runs away. Here we go. Oh, so we have music in the video, which I don't know, but this is some sort of, this is the house video cam. Girl's just screaming. The raccoon is tagging her leg. Here comes mom. Mom grabs the raccoon to get it off the girl. Okay. So she's got it off the girl. The girl's still crying. Get inside. Get inside. She's holding the raccoon in one hand and getting her daughter back in the house with the other hand. Okay. So the daughter gets back in the house and she closes the door. Awesome. Saves her kid. And then she's holding the raccoon and tosses it in the yard. It's the rabbit raccoon. Get back. I guess there were neighbors around. It looks like a... Uh, <laughs> it looks like a, you know, a large piece of property. Probably half an acre or more. Uh, and she tosses the raccoon off in the yard. That is awesome. The mom the mom is awesome here. Okay? She saves her kid. I mean, she runs out. She protects her daughter. Awesome move. No question. Now, uh, they, she throws the raccoon 
into the yard and off it goes. Okay. They have not caught the raccoon yet. I guess, and they, they claim there's, well, just because a raccoon's attack during the day doesn't mean they're rabid. Oh, oh, okay. So, but we did take the, the daughter and I think at least the daughter got rabies shots, uh, which are not fun. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that the mom got bit. It looks like the mom didn't get bit. It looks like the mom grabbed the back of the neck of the raccoon. At that point, I know you're trying to save your daughter and it's a scary time. It's the heat of the moment, but you just strangle that thing. Once you got your daughter inside, why throw it away? I mean, just strangle that thing, right? And if you're carrying, (laughs) uh, the daughter's inside, you pull out the handgun, but heat of the moment, I get, you know, you just want to throw it away and off it goes. (laughs) Incredible though. The mom kicked ass there no question the mom took care of her daughter got the raccoon off her daughter got the daughter back inside closed the door as she was hanging on to the raccoon then threw the raccoon away now as i said uh i believe that you should have uh, ended that raccoon's life any way you can but she was scared in the heat of the moment and just wanted to get the raccoon off of her front porch and uh, stop attacking her family so she could go check on her daughter i get it now Let's go to the other coast. This was in Connecticut. Let's go all the way to the other side of the country in California, Los Angeles, to be exact. Woodland Hills, uh, California, which is uh, Los Angeles. So a family is uh, coming home. They uh, put the two-year-old daughter out of their car and he goes around to the other side, takes the two-year-old daughter out of the car seat and stands her up on the side of the car. And he goes around to the other side to take some stuff out of the front. You see on their, on their video, their home cam where this coyote comes up behind and goes around and grabs the little girl and starts pulling her. (laughs) It's not funny at all. I mean, animals are fighting back around the country. So coyotes, uh, at least this coyote is, I don't know what the, maybe this two year old daughter did something to him, pissed him off. I don't know because in the news report, while they're there talking to the family, that particular coyote, or at least another coyote shows up at their house again. (laughs) Uh, It's pretty incredible. Encounter John. Sure, Micah, that's right. As you can imagine, these parents are really sh- So, some of it is disturbing. Okay, here we go. Oh, there he goes. And she starts screaming. Now, a Dad comes around. Unfolding in a matter of seconds. This is a news report from KTL showing the exclusive coverage. Daylight in Woodland Hills. Look at that. Okay, so Ariel Eliyahu. So he chases. I mean, the kid starts crying, screaming. Obviously, you heard that. And the dad comes around and go starts hollering. And the coyote lets her go. And then the coyote just kind of stands there a little bit, like, "What you got? (laughs) What you got? What you gonna do now? Perhaps." Uh, the coyote knows that this is Los Angeles and there's, I guess it's hard to get weapons there. I guess there's a gun issue in Los Angeles, at least in these types of neighborhoods, because if I'm in LA, uh, that coyote is no, I'm here, here, little coyote. Yeah. Uh, you probably get in a lot of trouble in Los Angeles, but that coyote's going down. So animals are beginning to attack. Be safe out there.
So who died today? Who died today? Bob McGrath. Bob McGrath, veteran Sesame Street actor. In fact, he was uh, one of the official human stars of Sesame Street for 47 seasons. So if you see Bob, uh, you'll know exactly who he is if you've ever watched Sesame Street. I mean, he was featured in the pilot back in 1969. He did another 47 seasons. His final uh, show on Sesame Street was in 2017. Uh, the episode was called Having a Ball, and he still worked for the Sesame Street workshop, uh, you know, doing appearances and uh, keep going. So veteran Bob McGrath uh, passed away at home with family and friends at the age of 90. Rest in peace, Bob. Uh, also, who died today? Broadway actor Quentin Oliver Lee, dead at the age of 34. Uh, the wife said she was with him, held his hand tight in the final moments. He was battling stage four colon cancer. He was only 34. So he was a big uh, Broadway actor and did uh, plenty of Broadway plays. And you, I know he did the tour with uh, the Phantom of the Opera. He was, uh, you know, he did uh, tours on off-Broadway. But anyway, you would remember him in Phantom of the Opera if you saw him. Quentin Oliver Lee, dead at the age of 34. So Sam Bankman fried or freed, right? Uh, F-R-I-E-D. We'll just go with fried. Uh, he is the FTX guy and Alameda Finances guy. And, uh, you know, the FTX uh, superstar crypto guy. Well, uh, look, he's still, you know, living in his Bahamas penthouse. I know he claims, and this is sad news, he claims he's down to his last $100,000. I know, I know, it's sad news. Now, he was being interviewed. <laughs> you know the money's gone, right? It's a, You're never getting any of it back. It's just long gone, and it's just part of the deal. Uh, he claimed uh, there was a spreadsheet that listed $8.9 in debts, but also more than enough to cover it with the $27.6 billion worth of assets. You know, it's fine. But then I realized, oh, darn. Uh, you know, what I you know what I did is there was $8 billion here and $8 billion there. It was the same $8 billion, but I had it on two different lines. And, you know, gosh darn it, it's just gone. And so when he was asked, you misplaced $8 billion? No, I will misaccounted for it. <laughs> I didn't misplace it. I misaccounted for it. Oh, I guess that makes it okay then. <laughs> we'll see. Now, I know that uh, they put uh, the John J. Ray III uh, to oversee all of this bankruptcy. Now, he oversaw the Enron's bankruptcy. So he says that, uh, you know, it's full, FTX was full of inexperienced executives and demonstrates a complete failure of corporate controls. So, okay. He said company expenses were approved by emojis on online chats. Staff perks included a $200 daily allowance for food delivery. It's a good gig. And private planes to deliver Amazon packages from Miami to the Bahamas. Yeah, because you can't live anywhere else but the Bahamas. So you know that money is long gone, right? You know, just don't. It's just gone. Now, I also see where the Department of Defense said that they had 
misaccounted. No, they didn't use the word, the term misaccounted, but they uh, have failed their fifth consecutive audit. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So the DOD, the DOD comptroller, Mike McCord said, uh, I wouldn't say that we flunked. (laughs) Uh, It's just that uh, we could only account for 39% of the $3.5 trillion in assets. That's it though. (laughs) Is that not flunking? I guess not. No. All right. Good. (laughs) Now I looked. The DOD uh, has made no progress. This is the fifth year. They have 27 areas investigated. Only seven earned a clean bill of financial help, which is basically the same thing that happened last year. Now, by law, the Department of Defense has to provide Congress and the public with an assessment of where it spends its money and to provide transparency of its operations. Uh huh. A financial audit comes, uh, what the Department of Defense has, where it has it, and if it knows where its money is being spent. Uh huh. It's the country's largest employer, 1.3 million people, active duty, 800,000 in reserve, 770,000 civilians, for a total of 2.5 million people working for the DoD. Wow. So the audit has to count the location and condition of every piece of military equipment, property, inventory, supplies. And there's a lot of them. So they have over half a million assets from buildings to pipelines to roads and fences located on over 4,860 sites, as well as 19,700 aircraft and over 290 battle battle force ships. To complicate the audit, the department has 326 different and separate financial management systems, 4,700 data warehouses, and over 10,000 different and disconnected data management systems. Now, this article that I'm reading, this guy goes into how he is trying to help them and change how they audit things, which is actually an awesome thing. But uh, he said this is the fifth year. Obviously, we talked about that as undergone financial statement audit. Uh, it was uh, 16,000 auditors, 1,450 from public accounting firms, 150 from the Office of Inspector General. In 2019, the audit cost $428 million in auditing costs, $186 million to the auditors, along with $242 million in audit support, another $472 million to fix the issues the audit discovered. <laughs> uh, incredible. So this guy, Steve Blank, uh, an adjunct professor at Stanford and a founding member at Stanford's uh, Gordian Knott Center for National Security Innovation, uh, he was put on an advisory board and his and was there as part of what could be done to help him with this. And he goes through all these uh, ideas and how he could save, uh, you know, millions of dollars and how it can be done through the Department of Defense and uh, through AI and their computer next generation audit tools. Awesome stuff. Let's do it. Uh, Let's get it done so we're not just losing 39% of $3.5 trillion. Uh, What happened to it? I don't know. I don't know. I guess I just misaccounted for it. So I see a headline and I just go, well, so, (laughs) 
1,000, more than 1,000 New York Times union members threatened to walk out. So, uh, I don't, you know, I don't want them to lose their jobs. And they've been fighting for this for a while. Hundreds of newsroom staffers plan to walk out of the job uh, if the company's management doesn't agree to the terms of a new contract by December 8th. So I've got until, you know, midweek uh, this week. Uh, and otherwise, they're going to walk out. Now, I would say, again, so they've been at odds for more than a year and a half now. And uh, they notably wage increases. Uh, they've spent more than 120 hours across 40 bargaining sessions, exchanging and amending dozens of proposals. We've listened carefully to management position and concerns and have made countless revisions to address them. Uh, uh, and they're pissed. And, you know, look, New York Times has spent a bunch of money. They bought Wordle and The Athletic, and they allocated $150 million in stock to buybacks to its investors. And, again, I say, eh, so. There's more than 1,036 union members represented by the Guild, each assigned a pledge that gives the Guild's bargaining committee the authority to call for and schedule a 24-hour work stoppage if the two sides don't make progress at the bargaining table. So this isn't even forever. This is just we're going to walk out for 24 hours. So, again, I say, so. Now, they're supposed to do it on the 8th. Today, if you're listening live, is the 5th of December 2022 and so the 8th would be Thursday so they would walk out on Thursday and then I guess they come back to work on Friday whether they have a deal or not I don't know but uh, they're trying to make their you know make some noise and get people on their side good luck with that I mean I'm more on the side of the railroads man I'm glad our president uh, didn't allow them to strike on one hand I'm glad on the other hand and I'll give the guys what they want this is life in the trade age, baby. Give them what they want, okay? Let's let's move on. It was over. You know they're 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 striking because you won't give them extra sick days. Come on now, stop it. Oh, there's more to that than that, Jeff. Okay, fine. Give them what they want. That's the railroaders, not the New York Times. Wow, what a huge sports weekend it was. Uh, the World Cup is now. It's over now, right? We don't even care. Uh, the U.S. lost Saturday morning to the Netherlands 3-1. to one. That game was hard to take, man. That game was tough to take. But we lost. I don't like the way that team is that plays. I don't like the way they're coached on what they do, but I sure I was rooting for them. And so I realized that there's plenty of World Cup soccer to be had left uh, to see who's going to win the World Cup. But it's over. Right, we don't care in America. I'm sure the ratings in America through the bottom of the floor for sure because the U.S. has been eliminated. So take care. Now, we did also have big college football this weekend. Pretty incredible. There were some great games. There were some things that happened that you think, why? How could they do that? But in the end, uh, we have a national championship playoff uh, college football playoff going on. Uh, University of Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs. University of Michigan, the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, Texas Christian University, TCU, Horn Frogs, and the Ohio State. I, I, just, I just bit my tongue saying the Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State uh, Buckeyes sneak back into the playoffs. So it's probably most likely 
going to be. Now, see, Georgia uh, plays uh, Ohio State, and Michigan plays TCU. For and then they and then those the winners of those two games will play for the national championship. Both of those games will uh, will be played on December thirty first. Uh, and that'll be fun. And then the national championship will be played January 9th at SoFi Stadium, and it'll be awesome to have. Now, it's most likely going to be Georgia and Michigan playing for the national championship. I believe that's what everyone wants to have happen, have Georgia and Michigan both undefeated playing for the national championship. TCU and Ohio State have one loss, and they do not have a, they don't have, they have one loss, and it was in their uh, conference championship game. Uh, so, well, no, it wasn't Ohio State lost to Michigan. Michigan then went on to win the, the conference. So, anyway, they have one loss. And uh, Georgia and Michigan are undefeated. And, of course, you want the two undefeated teams to play for the national championship. However, uh, it could, you know, TCU could sneak in. I mean, Dugan should win the Heisman after his performance this past weekend. And, by the way, Coach uh, there at TCU. How do you go in overtime and you're down inside the one yard line and you don't put the ball in your the guy that put the team on his back and he he hands it off for to win the game? Oh, it's just incredible to me how that how these guys outcoach themselves. But um, anyway, and so Ohio State sneaks back in. So there you have it uh, for the college football playoffs and the bowl games. There's plenty of bowl games you know, to watch and it'll be it's exciting to have these bowl games played. But those are your the four uh, the four teams that are going to play for their opportunity at the national championship and Georgia of course is the the returning national championship team. I mean Georgia hasn't lost a game since Man, I wonder when the last time Georgia lost a game was. Oh yeah, I guess it was the the SEC championship game, right, against Alabama. And then they came back and won the the national championship. Uh, duh. So uh, it'd be it's going to be exciting anyway for the uh, college football playoffs. And as I'm watching uh, these football games over the weekend, I see a story come across the wires called in, come across the wires, uh, come across the old interwebs. Uh, infectious COVID virus can stay on some groceries for days. We've already been down this road. Okay, stop. Stop it. We've already been down this road where we couldn't touch the bags. We had to hose them off before they came into the house. Agonizing. Now we're back to telling us that the COVID virus can reside on some ready-to-eat groceries for days. Oh, okay. Now this is a UK report. Uh, we're done with it here in America. Okay, you pulled that. You pulled that news. Almost said a bad word. Uh, you pulled that uh, in the beginning, and then you came back and said, "Well, no, eh, no, it doesn't really. It's fine. Uh, we know we put you through all of that." But don't worry about it. I just saw a video today where they were posting a guy getting shut down because he didn't follow the protocols during the lockdowns. They're shutting him down now? I mean, we're... It, stop it, okay? We're done with it. It's over. Stop trying to induce us with your power. Induce us with your power. Yeah, stop doing that. <laughs> it's over, okay? We know. We know. We don't want to get COVID. We got it. We don't want to get COVID. I don't want you to get COVID either. I don't. But guess what? Uh, I'm not going to stop living my life. I'm not going to start hosing down grocery bags and groceries every time they come into the house. I got it. I know. Germs are everywhere. I know. 
I know. But stop it. Okay? Stop it. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.